Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. Well, we made it, okay? It has been a <laughs> a crazy few weeks, right? Can we say 2021, uh, thank you for pushing us and stretching us further than we've ever been stretched before? You know, all I can say is what a difference a day makes. I know that who this world in this environment has really given us a test. I don't know if you guys have been privy to Snowmageddon that happened here in Texas last week or the week before last, and we're coming out of that. We are out. Uh, It was one of those things that it was just kind of like, it really reminded me of Hurricane Harvey. You guys have heard me talk about that and the stress and the the fear and how that feels to be in a natural disaster. If you've never been in a natural disaster, be thankful that you haven't. Be thankful that when you see things on the news and you see people in floods and all these things, that's all you've experienced. Because when you're in it, it's crazy. That's all I can say. Like I don't I don't care to be in another natural c- catastrophe or disaster ever again. I've been in tornadoes, I have been in hurricanes, now I've been in blizzards, snowstorms. I don't want anything else. Pandemic, you know, uh, whatever. I don't want a mosquito bite. (laughs) I don't don't want anything else. Y'all, I am at capacity. Seriously, like I I was literally not my best self. Like, and I had power. Now, mind you, there were people, my friends, my family, my in-laws, my neighbors did not have power. It was everywhere. Um, But I don't even know how to put into words the amount of stress that everyone has been under, but we made it. So what a difference a day makes, y'all. All I can say is that I made it through because, you know, time keeps on moving and we just have to kick and push and kick and push and pull to get to the other side. And I just kept telling myself, you know, this is temporary. Things, this something will happen. But literally the world shut down. No school, no groceries. Uh, Here in Texas, I know a lot of people who weren't aware because there are people on my team Uh, who are international or who are in other states who just didn't get it they would see on the news that texas was tripping and i get it y'all probably thought this is a school this is a state that it never snows and they are tripping about four inches of snow no that is not why texas was falling apart y'all the streets were thick sheets of ice everywhere for the most part Okay, not only that's a problem for people in Texas, number one, because we don't get that kind of ice when it snows in Texas. It's one day. It's like, you know, one day ice melts gone. This was different. This was like seven days of ice and snow. And we could have dealt with that. We would have sat at home. We're fine. But the thing was, there was no power, y'all. That means people were freezing. It was one degree here in Texas. It never happens like that in Texas. One degree with no heat. Not every house has gas or a gas oven or or a fireplace. It, people kept saying, well, go to somebody's house with heat. How can you get there when every road is sheeted with ice, y'all? It was bad, bad, bad. My husband and I had to go out to pick up our daughter. That's a whole nother story. And we spun around in the road three times out of control. 
We got stuck on a hill and had to have good Samaritans push us. And it was horrible. So if it hadn't been going to brave it to get my daughter, I would have set my butt at home too, but I had to get my baby. So y'all, it was real, but we made it. And today's guest is a lady who has made it, who has come through, who is innovative, who is the co-founder of Interview Connections. Margie Feldhahn is a woman who is just like on fire. She just got married recently. She's glowing and she start helps. Well, the company was already started. You're going to love her story. She came into business, uh, got a job at a company that had kind of just started. And in a span of two years, went from a hire, new hire to a co-founder and helped make this business a seven figure business. And the business books people to be on podcasts which of course I'm in love with because I love when people find different areas of growth within an existing realm. And she's just a genuine good spirit. I love her her story about the layers and the pivots and I think you guys will too. So what a difference a day makes. Help me welcome to the show, Margie, and enjoy y'all, enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. On today's show, you better get ready to be inspired. You know that nothing in this world, and maybe you don't know what I'm going to tell you today, nothing in this world excites me like a lady who knows how to demand what she is worth, period. Whether that is for working for the man or creating her own, I am always overjoyed to talk to women who have figured it out and figured out their formula and are just paving the way. So today's guest is a true disruptor, um, a woman who literally is the co-owner of Interview Connections. You've probably seen them on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are. They're everywhere. Their ad game is so on point, right? Uh, It's a podcasting booking agency. Yes, you heard that right. That's where we are now, you guys. If you're new to the world of podcasting, hold on tight because we're it's going nowhere. I mean, it's going everywhere. It's not going away. (laughs) And she scaled her business to seven figures. Okay. What I really love about her story is that she joined this company that was already in existence in 2016. By 2018, she was a co-founder, fully vetted, helping them scale up and become the game changers that they are today. They were the first podcasting agency and they are trailing the way and blazing trails for all the copycats to come. So (laughs) I'm going to say it because she won't. And that's why people come on the show. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Miss Margie. Feldon. Hey, Margie. Hi, Amira. Thanks so much for having me on. Yes, I'm glad I could give you a giggle. I have to. <laughs> got it. We got it. We got to keep this positive energy going at all costs. Yeah, I love that intro and I love your energy. <laughs> so uh, we have to know, I got to know, when it came to podcasting, why on earth did you decide to make to join an agency and why did you see value in that? Because most people still are trying to figure out what the hell podcasting is. That's a great question. So my business partner, Jessica, founded the business in 2013 because her dad is an actually a great business coach, Jim Palmer, and she wanted to leave her job at a nonprofit and where we actually met both working there. And she wanted to be home because she was having her first child. And her dad was an entrepreneur and a business coach and said, become a VA, you can work from home, I'll be your first client and I'll show you how to start a business. So kind of an ideal situation. And he was her first client. So she was 
doing, you know, his emails and Pinterest. But one of the things she was doing was booking him as a guest on podcast because Jim Palmer was like an early adopter. I mean, 2013, he knew having a podcast and guesting on other shows was the way to go. So he was getting himself on shows. He had her do it and she realized she really loved it. And he helped her niche it down to found the, the beginning of interview connections. So fast forward 2016. So while Jess is founding this business and having babies, I was traveling. I'm very passionate about travel. I lived in Taipei, Taiwan for two years. Um, I lived in Colorado. I was really like exploring and trying different things. And then in 2016, we came back together because I heard about remote work. And I, first of all, I did not like I didn't have a good resume. Like we hire people a lot and I had a kind of one of those red flag resumes where there's just like a lot of different jobs for short amounts of time because I would like go, I would be as good as I possibly could be. I'd be like the top performer and then I'd get so bored and I wouldn't want to go anymore. And I, then I'd feel bad about it. And eventually I quit. And then I just kept kept doing that. And so, which is concerning until I realized like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. That's why I have such a short attention span. But <laughs> so I was kind of jumping around. I heard about remote work and I was like, great. I want to work from home. I don't want to like leave my house. I want to be home with my pets. So Jess had already, we had already worked together professionally. That's how we knew each other. So she knew that I would do a good job. So I started as a remote contractor, booking interviews for clients um, at like, you know, like 14 or $15 an hour. Um, and I loved it. And I was, if anyone's listening now, who's like really not in on podcasting and how huge the industry is, that's kind of how I was. When I got the job, I was like, oh, I listened to Serial. <laughs> and she was like, okay. But I didn't really get like, obviously entertainment podcasts are huge now. Joe Rogan, a lot of comedians have podcasts. So people are getting more into it, but the world of podcasting for entrepreneurs has always been a huge deal for the business owners who, who could see the opportunity. It's, in, it's incredible. The ROI that entrepreneurs, especially service-based businesses see. So when I first started, I loved it because I was getting to talk to our clients all the time and they were these incredible entrepreneurs and learning their stories, learning how they founded their businesses as someone who really didn't like being an employee. I was like, Oh, so I was like getting paid to basically get an MBA by listening to my clients interviews and researching them and pitching them to shows and listening to the podcasts I was booking them on, which were about business as well. So it was just such a perfect fit of everything coming together that I was able to learn so much from our clients. You know, it's so funny you say that because I tell people all the time I'm in B-School. It's like every episode I'm learning something new. I get my personal dose of inspiration. You know, before we started recording, I was telling Margie that I am sleepy and I don't know why. And I literally, I'm already awake. Like once we started talking and it's just like, it's like a jolt of caffeine for me because I'm, I want to know. I want to know what your formula is. I want other people to see the commonalities because there's somebody listening right now who has that job woe that you're talking about and they can't figure out why. And I agree with you as an entrepreneur, I love a new project, but once it's up and running, I want out. I want the next person to come on in because I am over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, you were speaking my language. I totally understand that. Now you get 
the power, and you've talked about a little bit of leveraging podcasting for business. Why do you think it's so important? And that's something that people are kind of sleeping on right now. I think it's so important because of the trust factor. I mean, your show is an incredible example. People, it's like listening to these great conversations over brunch, but you feel like, I mean, your listeners, I'm sure feel like you are one of their best friends, even though you don't know them. Because when you listen to a podcast and you connect with the host, you start to feel like you're friends with them and friends with their guests. And the trust factor is so high that when you find when you listen to someone tell their story and then they're talking about their business and you hear that they help people like you solve the exact pain point that you have and you already like them, you already are resonating with their story. It's such a no brainer to at least reach out and find out what it looks like to work with them. Whereas if you, and we love ads, you, as you said, we have a lot of ads out there but it's so different from seeing someone's ad and clicking the opt-in. The trust factor is so different. When you've had, when you've heard someone on a podcast share their journey and you can hear from the inflections in their voice, what they're like and what they're all about, it's just, you can't get a higher trust factor in my opinion. So for our clients, they're primarily service-based entrepreneurs. And that's when you really need to trust them. If I'm buying someone's product, I don't have to like love the business owner. But if I'm like hiring a finance, you know, a financial advisor or a business coach, like I need to love them. I need to like want to be best friends with them and trust them enough to handle this thing that's not my expertise. So I think that's what makes them so valuable. And if you are a business coach or you have a service that you can deliver virtually, even if you just, you know, because podcast audiences aren't huge. So even if there's just a hundred people listening who are your target audience, and let's say, you know, your average client is like $15,000 a year, just one or two clients converting makes the ROI incredible, way more so I think than traditional media opportunities can provide sometimes. And those clients already know you, they're dream clients who get what you're about. So that is why I think podcast guesting is something that every service-based entrepreneur who works with people virtually needs to be getting on top of. You know, I'm so glad that you talked about the the ROI because a lot of times people, and this is because that's just the way we live. We want an instant gratification. We want to know that what we did is going to give us something fruitful, right? But in reality, it's looking at the numbers and reverse engineering it, like you talked about with those two clients or whatever the case may be. And I think you, you're a big fan of consistency, right? Yeah. And you know that it's key. And, and why is it that, like, let's talk about the journey, right? With your, with your clients who come on board, because I know that that's a great area for other people, even for me, because I've never worked with a podcasting booking agency, right? Mm -hmm. Other than, you know, I know you guys have sent me some great guests and I know that you guys are on it, right? And you do your homework and your delivery and presentation is awesome. But what about the person who says, okay, I think my business needs this. I need to leverage, right? And that is the word of 2020 for me is leverage in every damn relationship I have, every piece of content in this brain of mine to create the reality that I want. So let's talk about that. What's that process like for the person from beginning to getting on their first show or even booking with you all? Yeah, so it definitely takes consistency 
Because you have to build up momentum with the strategy. We absolutely have people who like, you know, they'll go on an interview. It'll be the first interview we've ever booked. And before it even goes live, the host gives them $20,000 and signs up as a client. And they're like, great, I got my ROI, which is awesome. It does happen. But we also, we never want you to go into it with an expectation that it'll be so fast. Like we really talk to our clients about being all in on the strategy and being consistent because any of us who do content marketing, which is hopefully all of us, especially now, it takes so much consistency because you have so many lurkers. And if you go quiet, you're going to lose them. But we get people from being consistent who say, I heard you on a podcast. I've been following you for years. I'm ready. And then it's they just sign up. I mean, there's like no sales process. So that content is so valuable, but you have to be so committed. So we start working with clients and we do a full discovery process, which takes a month because it's really important to not only make their one sheet and really get clear on the topics and questions that are going to lead to the best conversations, but also to really clarify with them what their goals are and who their target audience is and really come to a conclusion about the show criteria. Because I think anyone who's in um, design can probably relate to this, that people will be like, ah, it just doesn't feel right, but there's no specific criteria. So we really help our clients like, whittle down that criteria. So it's not like, oh, they have a good following on Instagram. Like, what is that number for you? Like a minimum, you know, so really getting clear on that. And that helps them so much to go out confidently. And then we work with our clients annually because it takes time to build momentum, to have interviews consistently going live. And we don't work with clients for less than that because we know that they won't be as successful as they could be. Um, so they work with us. We book our clients on four shows per month, every single month for a year. So it's 48 total bookings on the shows that are in front of their target audience. And then we also, a really important thing is that it's a process. Like clients will learn more about the strategy as they get going. You just have to start and kind of learn as you go. So we also do a lot of like coaching with our clients. We have an amazing client community. So Jess and I are on Zoom with our clients twice a week, doing coaching and consulting, connecting them with each other if they're good contacts for each other. And then we have our team reaching out weekly, monthly, doing strategy. How are those interviews going? Which ones went really well? Is there something that we don't think is a fit anymore? And you just continue to pivot the strategy and with the momentum and then the strategy, we see clients having huge ROIs. More Brunch and Slay after this. There's a place that shines a light on women who operate in excellence. A place that creates experiences for women and partners with entrepreneurs and businesses and brands who value your dollars. That place is brunchandslay.com. It's experiences you love, connections you crave, and content that inspires. Brunchandslay.com. We're building something. And now back to Brunch and Slay. Man, so I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking like, this is, how does this woman who goes from hopping around to jobs, right, create these systems that are finite, right? Because you know that you need four. That's a major commitment. Four shows a month, someone signing on. You guys, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Okay. To get someone in front of that many people and to get these shows to agree, that's major and all this time, I'm literally seeing how you can build their speaking skills, build their network, build their credibility, right? 
all these things, you're just leveraging it and it's a media outlet. So let's go back to this story about this job hopper, you know, that you once were, right? Rest in peace to job hopping, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, you, you get there and I'm sure that there were people in your life who were like, what is she doing now? Right. Yeah. I, I love to talk about that part because our naysayers tend to, we give them way too much credit. Yeah. We give them way too much power. And in this journey, that was a pivot. This was your big pivot moment, right? You found something that kept you up at night, that inspired you. What was that journey like? And what did you do? And how did you respond to those naysayers during your pivot? That's a great question. So the way it felt was I really, I'm someone who is very goal oriented and project oriented and cares a lot about like career stuff, but I didn't have a career because I wasn't sticking with any of these jobs. And the idea of like slowly working my way up a ladder or going to grad school, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do that. So it, it felt like a really long time, even though I was still pretty young. Like when I came to Interview Connections, I was like 26, but I felt really behind because I was comparing myself to people I'd gone to school with who were like becoming doctors or they had graduated from grad school and they had like these big important jobs or, you know, they had already worked their way up. And because I had been traveling and trying different things, I had not been putting in that work that they had consistently been doing. So I'm looking at them like, uh oh. <laughs> Um, and what it really felt like what I'm a big believer in alignment and in intuition. And sometimes you just realize that, oh, this is what I want, even if it's not anything like what you might've pictured. Um, and like, I wanted to be a business owner even before that. And I thought I was going to be a fitness coach. Cause I had this like small coaching MLM business that I really liked aspects of, like I liked helping people. I loved like having my own business, but there was a lot of issues with it that I was like, I don't really love this. And I don't really love that. I feel like this, this other company kind of owns me. I don't feel like it's really my own thing. But so I had like, I was doing like law of attraction <laughs> for like this fitness business becoming the seven figure business. And so for that fitness business, for me to eventually like kind of give up on it because it was making me so unhappy felt like a huge failure because I thought my seven figure business was this fitness business that was nowhere near seven figures. And then I started working for Interview Connections, which was just a way to make money while I tried to build this other business. And then because of a breakup, which I was very upset about at the time, I ended up leaving Colorado and moving back home to Rhode Island, which is what allowed me to become the first employee of Interview Connections because it was a Rhode Island-based company. So that felt like a failure of like moving home with my mom, but I had to be there to get to this next position. And then when Jess offered in 2017 for me to be the first employee, I was like, thank you so much. And as soon as I left, I called my best friend and I was crying. I didn't want a boss. I didn't want to be an employee. And it felt like I was like, I had all this freedom as a contractor, even though I wasn't making that much money. And this feels like a step back, but I knew it was a step forward, even though I was fighting it, but I didn't understand why, because my fitness business is gone. I'm now an employee again. Like in what way is this not going backwards? But I was like on the path because I got so invested in growing the team and growing the business with Jess that we really were more like partners than like boss and employee. And then it made sense after all that work to ask, you know, 
because I she knew I wanted to be a business owner and that I was either going to go start something or stay and like scale this with her. And we're a great team. So to anybody who's feeling like they're not where they should be or that they had this idea of success being this specific thing working out and that thing's not working out, like it, it's okay. Like it's probably not that thing. I know booking people on podcasts, like you don't grow up as a kid and you're like my dream, like podcasts didn't even exist. You, you can't even imagine what you're going to be doing and where you're going to be going. But I did get everything I wanted just not in the way that I thought I needed to get it, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. And thank you for sharing all the loops and turns and and roadblocks because a lot of times we, I know in my life, I've had an idea of what my, my success would be. And it was so far left with the success. And it brought me so much joy. When I got to where, what my path was, it brought me so much joy. And I hear you with the law of attraction and creating and allowing, right? I changed my words. I allow funds. I don't make them. I don't earn them. I allow them into my life. And you're really doing the work. And that's what gets frustrating when you're doing the mental work because you know they have to align. You have to believe that it's possible because if it's not, then you might as well stay in a cubicle, right? Yeah. Um, and then to have your own thing that you thought, this is it, not so much, you know? <laughs> I know exactly how that feels. Brunch and Slay was like my sixth or seventh business, right? And then I didn't even know it was a business. I thought it was a pop-up. And then it, from a pop-up, I said, well, let's start a podcast. And from that podcast, guess what? Now we have BAS Media, which is where we help small businesses with all their digital media needs, which is what I love. It is literally all these breadcrumbs. And I thought, I never thought when I started Brunch and Slay that I would be working with all these amazing companies on the other side, creating events for them and content and just really helping them get their branding out. But had I not learned about Instagram for Brunch and Slay and learned about Facebook and podcasting, I wouldn't be able to help anyone. So that's two times in this episode, you guys hear that we are not perfect. (laughs) No, not at all. And I love, I love your story about Brunch and Slay. And like, and I love what you said about like, you got the skills you needed along the way. It all like comes together because it's like all these skills I developed in these jobs that I thought were like dead end jobs. I was like, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. So I'm wasting my time. But every single thing I learned in every single one of those jobs, I have been able to use in the business and it's helped. So it's, it's just so crazy the way things like come together. Oh yeah. And it's, it goes back to that attraction, right? What you seek is seeking you. It's already, it's always been seeking you. That desire of your heart to be an entrepreneur has been there for forever, but you had to know and feel the disdain for working for someone else, right? You had to hate it enough to figure it out. And that, that you, you have to be uncomfortable. It seems like today, today I'm interviewing a ton of folks. And this is what, this is so beautiful about the law of attraction. We've all had some kind of conversation about those breadcrumbs and about that pivot and about the quote unquote failures. I don't call it a failure anymore. After my third or fourth business, I was like, I learned a lot. I'm moving on, whatever. I have no problem closing, you know, shutting the shingle down, turning the sign over. If it's not serving me, I'm out. Uh, (laughs) I'm there. But when you invest all this time, like with your business and fitness and you're like, this is the one I told everybody. What do you mean? It's like, okay, here I go again. Now you're afraid to even send an email. Guess what? I'm on a new venture. Can you support me? Because they're like, God, dog it. If this goal starts another thing, I don't know what I'm going to do. But keep doing it. Keep getting uncomfortable. Keep annoying people in their inbox. Keep asking for reviews, subscribers, whatever you need to do to strengthen that confidence muscle 
to take that leap of faith. Man, that's beautiful. I love that about your story. I just love it. Yeah. So, so why share? Like right now, you're in a sweet spot, right? You're you're in this spot. You have successfully scaled a business in a short amount of time to seven figure business. Let's just stop and give that a moment of silence because you deserve it. All right, we're back. So <laughs> you scale this business and most women would just say, I'm living the life. I'm in my early 30s. I can buy whatever the hell I want. I can do whatever I want for me. And I'm just going to be on Instagram. And I'm going to flex, right? I'm just going to show everybody how fabulous I am because that's the social media life, right? That's what people do. Why keep pushing? Why share things with people and try to help other people? Well, my favorite quote is Mother Teresa's find someone who believes that they're alone and convince them that they're not. I think that's so important. And like, I know what it feels like to feel lost and to feel hopeless and to feel like you want something so bad and you just aren't getting your footing anywhere. And I think it's so, it's such a gift to be able to share. And that's why I love podcasts and guesting on podcasts because that feeling when someone shares and it just kind of washes over you. Like you relate to what they're saying so much. It's almost like you're saying it. And then you get this feeling of like belonging, even if you don't know them, it's like, they know exactly what I'm going through. And you feel so connected, not just to them, but to to humanity in general. And I think a lot of stuff in modern society is very isolating and it can feel like you're very much alone, especially when you're getting frustrated and things just aren't working. And I think hearing other people and realizing like, this isn't just like me, like other people have gone through this is the best feeling. And I, I want entrepreneurs to share not just success, but the stuff that didn't work out. Cause there's stuff every day that in the business that's not working out. I mean, it's just a constant <laughs> of figuring new things out. Okay. This isn't working. We're outgrowing this time to pivot. So I think it's really good to share and I hope that it helps other people. Oh, I know it will. And, and especially in times like this right now, COVID-19 is birthing a billion podcasts. I have no doubt, right? there We hit over a million, I bet you, like probably in November, I think it was, before that on Apple. Now, one thing I wish they would do, and maybe you have some insight because you have so many podcasts you work with, we got to get Apple to start archiving these folks who do not consistently post, right? Like these old podcasts that are ruining it for everybody else. Just take it down. Do us all a favor and delete those old podcasts, Apple or the people who made them. Okay, back to the, the today's conversation. But you understand what I'm saying. It's just this, it's a whole new realm and people are birthing these new podcasts. And right now, during COVID, how has that helped your clients or how has it helped your business that people actually are staying home and are listening and they're walking and listening? How has your business evolved? I think we're, we've been very fortunate in the type of business that we have that COVID has helped the business because there's all these entrepreneurs that might not have prioritized virtual speaking and networking opportunities that now are because you know they had speaking engagements that have all been canceled or postponed. They need to keep getting out there and speaking because they understand that when their ideal client hears them speak, it's going to be a no-brainer, but now they have to find new ways to be heard. So we definitely are seeing people more interested in it. And we've been preaching this for over seven years about how important it is to speak virtually. And I think a lot of people are just saying like, oh, right. Okay. You're right. (laughs) So that's been helpful. I know that, um, I think people are listening to some shows a little bit less because they're not 
commuting as much. They're not in the car as much, but then you're getting an audience that's even more concentrated. So maybe it's not as big, but these are the diehard fans who even without a commute are making time to listen. Those are the most valuable people you could possibly be talking to. So overall, I think it's really positive. Oh, I agree. Uh, Initially, the first couple of months of quarantine, I watched my numbers drop drastically because, and I knew it and I didn't sweat it. I knew you know, then all of a sudden people woke up, started exercising and put those headphones in and we were back, you know, on our way back to where we were before. But I agree with you. I think the beautiful thing that I love about even talking with you is the innovation. I think a lot of times as small children, we are often told a couple of careers that we could be successful in. A teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, a fireman, a policeman, you know, a nurse. That's pretty much it. There aren't really, maybe an engineer every once in a while, maybe an architect if someone's really got some skills with their pencil and mechanical pencil or whatever they're, you know, whatever they have. But it's very rare that you hear about coders or podcasting or even speaking or entrepreneurship in that journey. And entrepreneur is such a blanket statement. Like, what does that mean, right? For a kid or for the aspiring person, what does that mean? Well, I work for myself. Well, I'd rather you say that, you know, because that's misleading in some in some capacities, because sometimes people think that means you have to have all the tools. You have mm-hmm. to have everything to, to say that. But the thing is, we're constantly learning. I'm sure you've taken courses since COVID, right? I'm sure you're still learning. I know mm-hmm. I am, yeah. right? And we're evolving our brands. And and this is this is just a unique place to just know that there are so many other options out there for providing a sound living, right? And doing something you love. That's the most important part. Mm-hmm. I think that COVID is going to remind people that it's okay to have something you like to do. Like, it really is. We don't have to be so busy being busy all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. So what's next for, for you and, and for your brand and for your platform? Well, our next big goal is we're going for 10 million in annual revenue. So we last year, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, very. Um, Last year was the first year we hit um, a million in annual revenue, 2019. In 2018, we did like 850. Like we were so close. We were like, no. (laughs) And then 2019, we made it, but we kind of just made it. Like we were just over a million and it was December when we like hit a million. So we were sweating it a little bit. Um, This year we are already at a million for the year and it's only July, which is great. So really just going towards that next milestone of 10 million in annual revenue and behind the scenes that looks like a lot more hiring a lot more leadership development like bringing up more leaders who can run departments without us we have 18 full-time employees now we're hired we just know 19 we hired someone yesterday (laughs) we're hiring two more people so growing and really pouring jess and i are doing so much less of like the actual tactical stuff and so much more of like pouring into the leaders and the team members who are doing that stuff. So I see a future of $10 million, um, even more clients having great results, adding in more coaching and consulting so that that strategy piece is there for every client to make sure they're not just getting the interviews, but that they're getting that ROI and Mm -hmm. leveraging them effectively and a lot more leaders um, within interview connections. No, that's that's amazing. And you, that's the key is to get those systems and then hire and train good people. I don't believe... I'm one of those people as a manager. I don't believe that you have to know the skills for the job. I, most most jobs, unless you're a, a surgeon, 
you know, or something that's so specific. Most things can be taught. It's about the ability to be moldable and have a, have a good personality and someone who believes in what you're doing. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any skill can be taught. Really what we're looking for in leaders and in team members is people who are all in, people who are coachable, people who care about the mission and care about the clients. Because yes, any other tactical skill you can learn. And even if it's not a strength and it takes longer to train you, if you have that mindset of like all inness, mm-hmm. anything else can be developed. So are you hiring virtually? I'm sure people are wondering that. We are not currently hiring virtually. We're hiring in Rhode Island where we're based and then also in Massachusetts because it's basically the same state. (laughs) (laughs) No. So this Saturday, right, you are out and the world is free, right? And you can brunch with anyone in the world dead or alive. Who who are you brunching with? Wow. What a good question. Um, If I could have brunch with anyone i think it would be um eckhart tolle (laughs) which would be like he's a funny person to have at brunch (laughs) i don't know if listeners have like seen him before um but i think he'd be a lot of fun and i'm a huge fan i was actually going to go to a retreat in maui this year that will now be next year with eckhart tolle but really excited for that that is so cool i think i would need a whole day with him because i need him to break down like i have I read the new now and, and and I'm definitely a fan. I read that years ago. I brought it for my whole staff. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. I'm like, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. Like, let's all get on the same page. <laughs> We've definitely done that many times with many books. <laughs> they probably hate me, but yes, I did it and I love him, but I would have to be like the whole day because there's some things he just has to digest. Sometimes his stuff is like, it's so mind blowing that I have to go back and say, what was that again? Like say it three more times. He's one of those kind of, uh, ushers of change. That's what I believe. So that is phenomenal. Love that. He's the first to the show. So, Hey, Eckhart, we'd love <laughs> to have you. Uh, I'd love to connect that. That retreat sounds amazing. Yeah. That's one of the things, um, that's on my, my goals list is to be able to take a couple of those kind of level retreats just normal, just for me. Um, I think it's really important for us to find our sweet spot. And for me, self-care and self-discovery is number one in my life right now. And I hope it, like my my goal for the decade was to ma- be a manifesting guru. Like that is my sole purpose in life right now is to align and to connect and to build and to continue to build our network. network. I literally told a girlfriend, I was like, I feel like I know so many people. Like, I feel like if you have something you need, I know somebody who can do it. Just give me five minutes. Let me think about it. Uh, and, and that's a beautiful thing. So as you are navigating and enlightening yourself, right? What vibes and prayers can we send your way to help you along your journey? Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I mean, I think just that connection, because I think in many ways, we're all sort of on a journey together. So I think that connection of it's not just my journey, but it's like our journey. Yeah, that's beautiful. You got it. You got it. Thank you so much for sharing. You've motivated, I'm sure, more than me, right? Um, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so glad you you found your passion and you found your sweet spot. It's just awesome to see it and see the confidence ooze out of you. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I love your show. Oh, thank you, guys. And if you enjoyed today's show and found even one nugget 
that you could take and share with somebody or just take for yourself and hold it for that moment when you need it. Tag us. Where can they where can they tag you so that they can we can let them know to follow you and support you? Yeah. So on Instagram, we're at Interview Connections. And then we're most active on Facebook. We have a free Facebook community for six, seven, and eight-figure entrepreneurs who want to learn how to leverage podcast guesting now and actually monetize it. So that is called the Guest Expert Profit Lab. And you can find it interviewconnections.com slash group. Ah, see, so easy. Just make it easy for everybody. But yeah, so make sure you tag us. Tell us what you loved about the show. Support, share. And I want you to remember no matter what, if she can, I can, we all can. And this is Brunch and Slay. <laughs>